Hello, popsters. It's Teresa, and um, we're just going to come at you this week with a little bit of a mid-month pop culture purge. You just got me this week. It's not going to be super long, but I do want to talk about a couple things to watch. So as um, I always do, I must urge you to make sure to visit the popcultureperstephanie.com website where you can find every single one of my episodes, including this one, um, links directly to that page. And you can also find a bunch of extra information, video clips, articles, contributors page, PCP picks. It's a really great area. Um, You can also subscribe to my podcast um, on Anchor, and on Spotify, and on Apple, and on Radio 1, and several other, you know, providers out there. This episode, um, I thought it was a good time to just step back, post-election regroup on some things that might put your head in a different place might allow you to exhale a bit, um, enjoy a few odd things that are out there that you may be aware that are out there, or you had no idea that was out there. So we're going to talk about a couple things. So without further ado, let's start with a preview of the first thing I'm going to be talking about, which is the Hulu um, by FX series, A Teacher, starring Kate Mara and Nick Robinson. See you like this. Like what? Yourself. Delete that video. You are a really good man. Never felt this way before. It's new. Bow down to you, bro. I need help. Look at what 
So, um, from what you can tell, probably from the trailer, the way it starts off at least, it seems like a sweet love relationship, the beginning of a relationship, just from the trailer, just someone getting to, you know, people getting to know each other and what have you, and the music is very, um, deceptive as well but really the content of a teacher which is actually um directed by and based on the same subject matter of a film from 2013 from a director named Hannah Fidel she also is the director of this mini series which is available on Hulu And I believe on FX as well. I don't really quite understand. It's FX by Hulu or Hulu by FX. I'm very confused by it. But um, essentially the relationship, and it's very similar to the movie. It's a relationship about a high school teacher who has an affair with a male student. And essentially all of the consequences that comes from that. And um, takes place around in Austin, Texas as well. So that sounds pretty straightforward. And there have been tons of movies and really not miniseries, but movies um, done with this subject matter. Because, well, the cases are in regards to this are unlimited. I'm sure there are just as many cases with male teachers and underage female students, but they certainly do not get the same amount of attention. And um, for example, if I say the words Mary Kay Letourneau or Deborah Lefebvre, people usually know whom I'm speaking of. Mary Kay Letourneau, who actually just passed away um, this last year from cancer, I believe. She had an affair in, she had an affair in the, in a, her Seattle, Washington middle school, um, elementary school, sorry. She taught elementary school, I believe, but the student was technically in pre-middle school. He was 13 Ha <laughs> um, She had an affair with him. Not only did she have an affair with him, if you can have an affair with a 13-year-old, um, she was charged with two counts of statutory rape, but um, and she, she had several children with her husband. She was married. Um, and she started having, carrying on with, this young boy named Billy Falau, um, who she ended up having two different children with, just to let you know, and down the road ended up getting married. It's all very crazy. Um, but he was, in fact, 13 years old 
um, when they started all of this. And she had to plead guilty on two counts of second-degree child rape. She was given a suspended seven-year jail sentence. She was pregnant in... um, She was pregnant in jail. Three-year sex offender program. The whole nine yards. Um, She was released and then she was found in the car with him. And she got pregnant again with her second daughter. Um, In like 2004... Um, she was released from jail and she got married to the kid who wasn't a kid anymore. Um, but it was it just a crazy, insane case. Insane. I'm not saying this story is inspired by it. But what I'm saying is the movie A Teacher and the miniseries A Teacher would not be here today if there weren't high profile cases like this. Now, the differences I see and it's. I don't think it's to make it more palatable, but I'll be honest. It makes it more palatable for me to watch this. Um, A lot of these cases, I'm looking through this one area um, of some of the more notorious cases out there. Tons of these cases, the boy is 14 years old. Um... While the the teacher is usually in their late, mid to late 20s, sometimes early 30s. Um, you're not seeing a lot of teachers older than that, a few 39, 40. But usually teachers on the younger side um, and students extremely young. Here and there you see... Here and there, you'll see a student that's 16 or 17, while the teacher might be 24. Um, but many times, the, t- the, the student is 13. For It's, it's madness. It's, it's really madness. Um, and you know they you know they got caught and all of these teachers get caught in really crazy stupid ways with texting or what have you i mean you know they're carrying on a relationship with a 14 year old boy they're going to get caught but um neither here nor there one of the reasons why in this mini series i've only seen 3 episodes so far um and because they haven't they haven't aired. There's 10 episodes in all. And the affair has just begun. I'm not trying to give things away, but it has just begun at this point. And however this is directed, it's pretty clever and smart because it's not a salaciousness of like a lifetime movie treatment. And also, they begin each episode with information people can call if they feel like they've been victimized or if they're a subject of grooming or if they've been groomed. So they're essentially putting a disclaimer out there that this behavior that we're watching, we are not advocating for. Because they give a horny treatment to these two. And when I say that is, um, there's two lead actors... One is Claire Wilson. She is the young new te- teacher 
um, from this Texas high school that she just started at. She's from this town, but she's moved from middle school to high school. She's in her early 30s. She's being played by Kate Mara. Kate Mara probably most recognized from... um, my gosh, I can't even remember it. This happens to me literally all the time. You know, Netflix, House of Cards, apologies. Um, you know, sister to Rooney Mara, and she's great. And it also has, so you're seeing her storyline for half of that first episode, and you're also seeing um, Nick Robin. Eric's Eric Walker. He's the high school senior. He's 17, um, played by Nick Robinson. You probably saw Nick Robinson, and he was so wonderful in it, in Dear Simon, which I loved. I mean, love Simon. And he was also in Jurassic World. But I think Love, Simon, you see some of his best acting. He was also in the HBO version of Native Son, Check that out from 2019. I thought he was pretty good in that. Um, but you're seeing kind of the complexities of both of these characters. She's in her early 30s. Her husband travels a lot. He seems very intuitive and wonderful with her. They're both trying to trying to conceive, and they seem to be having some difficulty with that. She, there's that true loneliness you can tell with her. The Eric character, he's very popular. He's, um, you know, charismatic with teachers and with students. Everyone seems to like him, but he definitely has, is putting on a front of being the cool, laid back guy with his friends. And then at home, it's a different situation of responsibilities. His mother's a single mom, she has two little kid, little ones that are, are probably under 10 years old. So he's doing some heavy lifting of helping her out with that. Um, he's never really had a relationship with his father. So that's another thing. Um, and while Kate Mara's character was the caretaker of her father when she was Nick's age because he was an, a struggling alcoholic. So... Um, when these two meet, they meet, obviously, because she is his teacher. Um, it's interesting because um, you soon find out he, he is always trying to play off the kind of the cool guy with his friends. But he, there's always these moments of panic because he's struggling with his grades. He needs to get a certain SAT to get into University of Texas, which he's really hoping for. Money's a struggle. There's a lot of things that he's not really sharing. And it might be a male thing. It just might be a kid thing. But he, um, you know, he starts talking with Claire more and more. She ends up helping and tutoring him for the SAT prep kind of unofficially. She doesn't go through the school to check it or anything They start doing this at the diner where he works. She's already beginning to lie to her husband about where she is going. Which is 
suspect and odd. It's as if she already knows that she's about to do something bad. So you see all of this crazy chemistry between them. And why I say the movie is deceptive is because you're seriously forget at times the disparity of age. You also forget the power dynamic that this brings up. You, you forget all of these things. And I think a lot of it has to do with, the, and it's purposeful. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the director and storyteller want to take you on the ride of, you almost want them to be together. They seem to have all of these amazing things in common. And um, maybe they are meant to be with each other on this otherworldly level. Who knows? But really it is deep attraction and lust like a blinding that you can only see with somebody in their early 30s that is a woman and a 17 year old boy I mean I'm just saying it I'm just you know probably that has a lot to do with it as well but um you know that this we all know that this is going to come crumbling down because in spite of the fact That he may seem mature for a 17-year-old. There are way too many factors around him that there's going to be holes. So, you know, I don't know how they're going to get found out, but they're going to get found out. And um, lives are going to be ruined for that. And there's also going to be conversation surrounding, as there is for every one of these these types of cases that come like that come to light anytime one of these cases is on the news especially if the di- if the dynamic is an older female teacher and a younger male student it's this idea that that male student in no way shape or form was victimized that he was lucky it's this insane concept that would that would never come into play if that was a younger female student no matter what that's a teacher student dynamic that has been breached laws have been broken and um this person is in a position of power so it should be treated the same but it is rarely in a court of law ever treated in this manner i mean it's It's really interesting um, and sad, really. And there are, um, and I don't know if there's any studies out there now, but I have a hard time believing some of these victims, male victims who at 14 were having affairs with their much older teachers did not that did not um, manifest in some horrible way down the road into their other relationships. I, I mean, that it seems impossible to me, but I don't know. I mean, I look back at my high school time period, and while I did not know any teachers that were having affairs with students, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I did know a student teacher 
We had a lot of student teachers, a student teacher that was sleeping with one of my friends and um, she was 16 at the time. So that's kind of crazy. Um, I haven't thought about that in a while. I mean, he, he hadn't even gotten his license yet, but, or his like teaching license, but it's truly insane unless she was lying to me, which I doubt. Um, but yeah, hopefully she had her braces off. I can't really remember, but there were many instances of quote unquote cool parents that would be, um, you know, drinking with high school students and a a couple of those moms I know had some dalliances with some underage boys. I do know that for a fact. So this stuff happens a lot more frequently. Um, and it's a different ball of wax when it's, I, I think when it's not a teacher and it's, it's still an adult child dynamic. Don't get me wrong, but like, this is, you know, a level of trust essentially that gets breached, but it's, it's so, it's, um, it drew me in immediate, immediately. And I think it just draws you in because you're just waiting for that other shoe to drop. And part of you kind of wants them to find happiness with each other. And then you're like, oh my God, what am I thinking? That's so wrong. And they're in a bubble. They're like at a point right now that they're in this a bubble of just each other and everything is perfect and everything is magnified and shit is about to drop in a very bad way. Um, this is also executive produced by Kate Mara as well and Jason Bateman among like four other executive producers. Um, each episode is like 25 minutes, which is interesting that they're doing it like that instead of because essentially they could have five or six you know hour long episodes but they're doing it in these kind of chunks which um you know if you're I just discovered it so I was able to watch like three episodes in a row and now I'm like uh oh Actually, what I'm realizing is they dropped three episodes in a row, which is smart. So you were able to get hooked very, very quick. And I'm hooked. And I'm hooked and I don't feel gross about it. It is, it is, not, it is not a lifetime television for women. Um, <laughs> um, you know treatment at all they're taking it much more serious and more nuanced and um but like for example when I say lifetime movie there is literally movies that are I mean that were just done in the last couple years like sleeping with my students and perfect student, perfect teacher. Like these movies, yeah, they're, they're never, they have never not been around. 
And they started really, as I said before, I would say in the late 80s, they started putting out movies like this. So um, that's interesting. So we're kind of do they're kind of doing this again, but the treatment of it is a little bit different, at least for this movie, which I find good. Um, so that's great. Um, but again, check out a teacher on Hulu for FX or FX for Hulu. If you have Hulu, you can definitely find it. I'm sure if you have X, FX, you can find it as well. It is very confusing how that works. So I say go for it. Check it out. I think you will enjoy it. if she wasn't your friend. Salt Lake City, Utah is known for its magnificent mountains and world-class ski slopes. There is also an elite social circle. This is Hollywood, honey. Fueled by beauty, wealth, and perfection. She can't buy the tits because my plastic surgeon retired. But what Salt Lake City is most known for is the Mormon church. A quick lesson on how to be a good Mormon. Don't drink, don't swear, treat your body like a temple. It is so hard to be a good Mormon. To be Mormon, we are taught honesty and integrity. You're fake, you're phony. That right there was unkind and dismissive. Fidelity within marriage. I'm confused watching Meredith and Seth be touchy-feely and I've heard just seeing someone else. And most importantly, to watch for Seth. You're gonna go with Mary? Your grandfather? Hello. <laughs> the culture here in Salt Lake City is designed to be perfect. If you follow all the commandments, you'll be not only wealthy, feeling like a Ferrari, you will be blessed. Hallelujah. Oh! You have to work on the Ten Commandments. That's so not the Wait, what? Cheers. Wait. I'm in the bedroom below you guys, so if you do have sex, okay, no, don't really? do it. We're observing Mormon laws. But what people don't know about Salt Lake City is there's a lot of dark brewing under the crust of perfection. You're black. Just I a black. reminder. Okay. Then why would you say something like that? She makes these racist comments, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? You would never hand me your phone because you're hiding something. If you're not getting it from home, you're going to go somewhere else. I don't know if it's going to work, but I know this is not working. The last thing the dad was cause daughter and tell her I'm a drug addict. You have a problem with me and until you figure out what it is that I trigger in you. Thumbs up. Every single one, like a fiddle. Keep coming. Who's next? Tommy, no. I'm kind of scared for it. Why would you even do that? I could have done it. want that to happen. Oh, my God. This girl, she hates my gut. Don't do that to Meredith. Do you want me to talk or not? Don't wait to see her. Don't get ghetto. That is ridiculous. Thank you. I'm disengaging. Please. I hold myself to a high standard. If you don't want the same standards, go away. Okay, 
I have watched the premiere episode of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and this cast is already a hot mess express. My God. First off, I was pretty confused, and I'm going to full transparency. I don't know enough about Salt Lake City, Utah. I know that there's a lot of money there. I know there's Park City, Utah. Um, And I know that there's, it's a very large Mormon population. So I assumed, but I was incorrect. I assumed that the grand majority or all of these ladies would be practicing Mormons. What I have found watching this um, is that, now I've only seen this first episode, is that the culture culture and some of the tenets of the culture seem ingrained in some of these wealthy women, but the one woman who was married to her step-grandfather, I think, uh, and she's black so I'm glad that there is you know someone that isn't lily white um like the majority of the rest of this cast good lord um she's Pentecostal and she's like a Pentecostal pastor even though she does not like to be referred to as a pastor because it denotes age because I think she might be I have no idea how old this woman is her name is Mary Let's stick a pin in her. But she's Pentecostal. There's also one, I want to say character, but she's not a character. Um, a woman by the name of Whitney, who appears a little younger, that was once a Mormon, but she was excommunicated from the church. Damn, this religion. Um, because she had an affair and married her current husband that she's been with for 10 years. Um, there's also a woman that was brought up Mormon and, uh, is now Muslim. Um, her and her husband met in college. He was Muslim. She is actually, um, Hawaiian of Hawaiian descent. Um, and I'm saying that wrong. So apologies. Her name is Jen Shaw. She is going to be the fucking firecracker. You can tell she, they all look, they all have crazy face. So many fillers, but Jen Shaw has the complete brat's face as my friend Mackenzie Merriman pointed out. Thank you, Mackenzie. So it is like, she is the head brat's doll of this brat's doll army, I would say. But she was adopted I believe I could have this fucking wrong. It, it was it was a long hour. Um, brought up Mormon, and when she met her husband, who is black and a Muslim, um, he kind of illuminated her to the fact that the Mormon religion only recognized people of color from like. I, be, I think beginning in the late 70s. It's kind of a... It's an ugly history of racism within this religion. So if there's any Mormon listeners out there, 
I'm sorry to be truth telling on that, but it is truth. Anywho, she decided to convert and she has um, a couple children and her, her thought process at least was, I'm not going to be part of a church that doesn't truly accept my husband and my children. So that was interesting. And, um, all of these women are dripping in money, by the way. Then there are two women, Lisa and Meredith, who look like the same people. They are very different. Um, I'm sure, but we just, I just haven't figured it out yet. Um, Lisa is, thank you, Dexter. Um, it appears she considers herself Mormon 2.0, which is, she is not as strict to all the Mormon rules. And, um, she was born in New York. I thought she was Jewish. Um, and converted to Mormonism. And she's been in Utah for about 20 years, but she owns a Lux marketing business and a bunch of tequila lines. She went to BYU, um, has two kids. She may have I think she has the son who I definitely, I don't want to assume is gay, but I guess uh, for Mormon 2.0, that's okay. Yeah, I'm being that, that bitchy right now. Meredith, the one that looks just like her, they even mentioned it in the first, um, they mentioned it in the first episode. She is a jewelry designer, Jewish, and married for over 25 years. Um, I think she might be the one with the son that I think is, I'm not sure. I can't, I, uh, it's all very confusing. I believe she's the one who's from Chicago. She is she is um, described as an ice queen with a knack for partying per the Bravo website. And again, she's a celebrity. She seems to be a bit of a celebrity jewelry designer. And some of her jewelry is in... Um, Neiman Marcus, which is a pretty big deal. Um, there is a character by the name of Heather. Her last name is Gay, Heather Gay. And she came out strong. She has a very square face. I don't mean square as an odd. I mean as her head looks like a square block. It's, I'm trying to find a way to say this. It's a mannish. It's not a soft look. But also, I believe she's had so many fillers pumped into this face that it would be that that it is that it's face 2.0, so to speak. Um, she owns a like a med spa business that has fillers and Botox and whatnot. 
And also, listen, as someone who has who has proudly had Botox, and I have done the filler route once or twice, luckily they go away. Um, I ain't being a bitch, but sometimes you got to know when to say no. You need to know when to stop. She's very good friends with Jen Shaw. By the way, Jen, who's the over-the-top one who is originally from Hawaii but was adopted into the Mormon religion. She is married to her husband. She just calls him Coach Shaw. I don't think she calls him by his name. I don't know. Um, But he is a University of Utah quarterback coach. All these people are living high on the fucking hog. But she's very good friends, which is smart. And it makes sense because she had brat stall phase with Heather, who owns this med spa. It looks like Heather has um, three kids, a couple girls. And she was married to a very esteemed person in the Mormon community for 11 years. She was, she's always been born, always Mormon. You know, she has deep ties in the faith. Um, and she calls herself the, uh, self-proclaimed good Mormon gone bad and considers herself Mormonish because she plays by her own rules. All right. Um, but she went to BYU, what have you. Um, that is Brigham Young University. And um, so the family that she married into, the gay family, extremely, um, extremely, extremely wealthy, apparently. And um, But she also talks about how, you know, it's not really acceptable in the Mormon faith to be divorced. So she's already... You know, not following the rules. Um, again, I am trying to figure out the difference between Lisa and Meredith. But to me right now, they're interchangeable. Hopefully, <clears throat> that will be more defined. This picture of Jen Shaw on this Bravo website is cuckoo bananas. I will have another one up there for you guys. Um but last but not least is the another person who is a a self-described descendant of Mormon royalty only with the Mormons what the fuck um Whitney but she is the one that you find all of this shit out in the first episode that her and her husband got excommunicated. Apparently, she was married. So was her husband, who was like 20 years older than her. They had a tempestuous affair at work. Uh, I have no idea where they worked. And um, within weeks from this affair, both left their spouses and uh, got married, had a couple babies. They've been married for 10 years. And I believe he has children from a previous marriage. So um, it looks like a lot of things. um, She has her own skincare line. All of these women have some type of fakakta 
side business. And they may have these huge businesses, but like huge businesses with a whole bunch of time to do this. I, 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 I don't know. I just, I just don't know. Um, but I feel like this relationship, I feel like all of their relationships are in tenuous places already. Um, it's, it's kind of madness. The one woman, Lisa Barlow, oh my God, these lips. I can't wait for you guys to see these. Go to popcultureperceptiony.com and look at the pictures of some of these dames. Holy shit balls. Um, I, you can't even tell the age of these. I, I have no idea. They're like aliens. Um, I, I'm not saying they're not beautiful, but what is... There's so many fillers. There's just so many fillers. Um, yeah, I think the already they are setting it up that there's going to be a lot of fighting between Lisa, Lisa, the Mormon 2.0, um, owning the liquor businesses and Heather, Heather with the mannish face and, um, the good Mormon gone bad with the beauty lab. Those two are going to be fighting. I have a feeling Heather thinks Lisa thinks Lisa's too good for Heather. Mary has already had a fight with Jen Shaw because Mary is apparently very um, sensitive to smells. And she told Jen one time after Jen was just leaving a hospital (laughs) where her aunt got both of her legs amputated. I need to know what the story is about that. It sounds horribly tragic. I do not mean to be laughing, but you need to watch the episode. Um, that she smelled like hospital. And it became a big old fucking fight in this first episode. Um, because that was offensive to Mary. Because it brings Mary to a dark place. <sighs> so look for fun with that. But again, Jen is going to be the pistol. And I say watch out for Mary too. There's already previews of her in that Pentecostal church. Um, looking like she's exercising demons. That looks fun. Um, I'm, you know, there doesn't seem to really be any, anybody here that is, you know, they're either excommunicated Mormons. They're either, um, Jewish and married to a Mormon, but I'm not quite sure if they're Mormon. They're either... Mormon 2.0, Pentecostal, Muslim. I mean, when I say that Andy Cohen knows what he's doing, Andy Cohen knows what he's doing. Also, the looks. The looks these women are delivering are amazing. Are amazing. I mean, we were in Mary's closet where you were just seeing Chanel bag. Balmain skirts, Balenciaga jackets. I mean, already, I think Jen Shaw is going to be a treat to watch. She's always going to be in fun things. 
Um, it sounds like the Lisa Barlow character is going to be a crazy bitch. She was already like making fun of people, any women for wearing short black cocktail dresses and, um, you know, stiletto heels. Cause she's from New York and she has more class than that. I don't know what that means. Um, you know, Whitney seems kind of young and lost and seems to be enraptured a bit by Mary. That's probably not going to be great for her. I don't have a read on celebrity jewelry designer as of yet. I, I, I have no idea. Um, I know that she, I know that she's a bitch. She is the one, though, that had the birthday party. See, this is the problem. You're, I'm watching these things, and you literally, there's two of them, and you can't tell the difference. I will put this on the website so you guys understand what I speak of. And they really don't look alike when you look at their faces, but Jesus Christ, these women's faces. I just, Brad Stalls. Brad Stalls. This is on Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on Bravo. The first episode is out there um, in streaming at different places. I watch mine on Hulu. I have not, back in the day, um, full transparency, I was completely addicted to the original Real Housewives of Orange County. And, um, a couple of my good friends are really experts in some of the other areas, um, whether it be New York or um, Beverly Hills. Um, I used to watch Atlanta a little bit, which is amazing. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I heard Potomac is great. I haven't checked that out, but I feel like this is going to be my baby and I am going to treat her as such with kindness, love, and understanding. Um, because already, already I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm going to be rooting for some people. So again, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, it was, um, it superseded my expectations and I hope it does the same for you. Check it out. Thank you all again for joining me for this fun little mid-November, I like to call it purge session, but it's really just a couple recommendations of something you probably saw a lot of advertisements for and something you probably have seen barely any. And we're all in a bit of a post-election high COVID incidence funk pre-Thanksgiving on top of everything. So I say empty your brain, give yourself a break from the constant stressful news, watch some of this drivel. It will make you laugh or smile or think. A teacher is a bit heavier, but it's still pretty great. Um, it's a great different nuanced perspective of a 
old tale that we've seen told many times. So um, I hope you enjoy. Make sure to go to the companion website, popcultureperstephanie.com. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, for more information, including some visuals, as I always say. Also, there is a directory of all back episodes there and um, additional content. Also, make sure you need, need, need to subscribe via Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and rate and say how much you love my podcast. Because I know you do or you wouldn't be listening. (laughs) But seriously, do that. That'd be really great. To let you know some previews, I will have some special guests on for the next episode. And we will be reviewing The Happiest Season with Kristen Stewart, directed by Clea Duvall. It is another Hulu release. And the exciting part about this is it is a Christmas movie with gay characters. Let's normalize gay Christmas, y'all. So we will be discussing me in two special guests, repeat special guest hostesses that have been on with me before. So I'm super excited for that. Um, Look for that. I will also be in a couple weeks reviewing Matthew McConaughey's insanely interesting and surprising memoir, I Can't Talk, Green Lights, with a guest who has never been on before and I found out was a secret McConaughey fan. So we have not really done a book review, but if we're going to do one, it's going to be on a celebrity memoir, especially with someone as interesting and out there as McConaughey. So I'm really excited for that. Just want to give you guys some ideas what's up there. Um, Make sure to go back and listen to the two episodes that were also released last week, two in one week, and they're very long and kind of drunken and crazy. But they are all about Madonna with um, my special guest host, Aaron Morrow, an old friend and a Madonna, Madonna expert, much more so than myself. Even though I thought I knew something, I know nothing compared to him. So go back and check that out as well. Thank you again for coming on to the episode, joining me today and joining Dexter as he's always in the background. And we will talk soon, Popsters.